Cheers, everyone. My bottle cup says cheers. Jordan is back to drinking. Who's in the... <laughs> we both have our drink of choice today. Y'all. Olipop for me. Little Sam Adams again for yep. you. Gotta finish my sweater weather box. Box of BR. Happy Saturday, everyone. Hope you guys had a great week last week. Mm -hmm. We had a... The week went fast. Yeah. I feel like with the boys back to school, it's like the week just flies by. For me. <laughs> Not so much for Jordan. It's tough work, but... How's Teddy doing? He's doing well. Keep plugging away. We know the letters B, T, and M, so... He's learning. Progress is being made. He is learning. So, I'm sure we'll have... Um, homeschool come up in one of these topics. I know there's one in there. But if you are new here, each week we pick a random topic out of a bucket and we just chat about it. Yep. Yeah. I feel like, well, the reason we started this podcast is we feel like long form conversation and honest conversations aren't had anymore. And we just wanted to kind of be a voice. Yeah. So hopefully... Hopefully we have some insights to add to things. Yeah, and we're not going to be exactly like you. You're not exactly like us, and I think there's beauty in that. It's just a conversation. Just Nothing special. A, just a little conversation between me and my husband. Y'all. All right. There we go. You can you, pick it up. Me pick? Yeah. I don't like picking. I don't need to pick it up. Stressful. I'm in a reclined position that's comfortable. Jordan's about to take a nap. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How to handle pregnancy lost. How did Jordan cope differently? This is actually one we don't talk about too much. I talk about it, but yeah. I don't know that Jordan and I have ever really sat down and talked about each of our pregnancy losses. Do yeah. you Yeah. Do you want me to I mean, you can start if you'd like, yeah. Um, so if you do not know us and you're new here, uh we have six beautiful babies five boys and a little girl now and we also have three babies that we lost during pregnancy um the first one was a loss around seven weeks it was after we had two healthy pregnancies so kind of blindsided by that one i remember jordan was we found out on our way home from florida that we were pregnant and then you were, he was traveling so much for work. He wasn't home when it happened. Yeah, I, remember. I believe I was in Port Huron, Michigan, actually. Yeah. So he was traveling and I was like freaking out because I started spotting and I didn't know what to expect since we had had two great pregnancies. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I knew something was wrong. And Jordan's like, Oh, it's, didn't you think it was fine? Yeah. I mean, I, I always assume. I play the odds, so I just assume things are going to be okay unless I have reason to truly believe that they're not okay. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm always, I think because it's happened, now I just default to, if I feel like something's off, then I just freak out a little bit. Yeah. And so this was our first scenario. I remember Jordan was gone. I was home. Um, my mom was living with us at the time, actually, and I started bleeding, and we lost that baby. Yep. And that one, I was angry. I was really frustrated by that one. Because I felt like, what did I do wrong? No. And I just remember, like, people being like, maybe you should only have two kids. Maybe this is God's way of telling you to stop. And I was like, maybe you're right. 
Because kind of, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if this was going to be the norm for us going forward. And I was somewhat familiar with miscarriage. I don't think you really were, like, conceptually no. at all. No, I don't, my parents, I was the last baby. I did not know miscarriage at all. And I knew, I see, for me, I knew that my mom had had a miscarriage, I think, between my older brother and then my me and my twin brother. And then I also remember my stepmom had a miscarriage as well. And it was like, it was, I don't know, it was like a big deal, but like it was, it was at least brought up and it was like something that I knew was bad. Like I didn't really, like I really wasn't impacted by it too much. But so like, so the concept of miscarriage to me was something I was more familiar with. And I think a lot of people just aren't even familiar with it at all. And I think that's a, um, a a big difference in how we responded to it. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, why? I was just, just distraught, completely distraught. And it was so early on that I thought, you know, maybe this was the end of the chapter, which is funny now looking back. Yeah, I know. It right? definitely wasn't the end of the chapter for us. But when you're in it, it feels like, okay, we're done. We're done. I don't want to do this again. And we didn't have a reason for that miscarriage. There was there was nothing that came out of it. Yeah, um, it something just went wrong. just a blip and we actually ended up and I I don't know your sister swears so when I right before I started bleeding and having the miscarriage well I bled a little bit and I went to the ER cuz I'm that I'm that extreme You're the ER Yeah your sister came with me Jennifer came with me mm-hmm. Were you we, home It's back when we, I don't think so Oh yeah so you had really good insurance so. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um but I didn't I, even care I went to the ER and his sister came with me and I was like, I'm, I was just spotting a little bit, but like I said, I knew something was off and we went in and they did an ultrasound and, um, I don't think we were allowed to look at the screen. It was like the most awkward thing. We weren't allowed to look at the screen or maybe we were allowed to see the screen, but she wasn't allowed to say a word. So the ladies like doing the ultrasound, me and my sister-in-law are sitting in there while they're doing it. And the lady can't make a noise, can't say anything to let us know what's happening um, throughout the ultrasound. And so we get back to the ER room that I'm in and they're like, they either said the heartbeat is, it was early. It was like six, seven weeks. They said the heartbeat is slow and um, maybe that it was small. And so I went home that night, like kind of being like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm not going to miscarry, but maybe I am. So it was like a 50, 50 chance. And then I went to a play date the next day and um, a gush of blood came out and I was like, all right, that's it. And then you wanted, you were going to come home and I was like, ah, like I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I just, I just thought that was the right thing to do. I was like, well, all right, I'll come home. And I was, I was like, I don't, I remember you were just like, what's the point? I was kind of like, well, well I, my mom was there. I, I tend to agree. What's the point? Like, yeah, you didn't, well, we didn't really know what to do. I mean, my mom was there. I, I was, there's, there was, there was nothing, nothing we could do. Yeah. yeah. So there was nothing we could do. So anyways, back to why I'm telling you that his sister was with me. She swears. And I, I don't think it was. She swears she saw twins. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing is the next month I was pregnant with Jude. So my doctor was like, wow, that like, usually you don't get pregnant that quick. And my sister-in-law, like, she's like, Allie, I swear I saw like two twins or two twins, obviously. Um, she's like, I swear I saw two. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. But he would, that would, that would give him a 10 month gestation. Would it? He was early. Not that early, was he? He came on his own. 
mighty. He was our only child who came on his yeah. own, and he came fast. He so. came fast. So, anyways, um, so that's round one. We got pregnant right away. So I was like, oh, it was just a fluke. This is never going to happen again. So then we went on to have Jude. Mm-hmm. He was the easiest baby ever. It's a good kid. Which then led to us having Samuel. Yep. Once again, two healthy back-to-back pregnancies. And then I kind of thought we were done having babies because my postpartum was Getting not... problematic. Yeah. yeah, that was not fun after Sam. And four kids is a lot. It's a lot. Um, but God allowed us to have another pregnancy there, and that was Henry. And this one was a loss at 20 weeks, which was... A lot harder because everybody knew we were pregnant. I was showing. The kids knew. We had a name. Everything was going perfect, we thought. And um, I went to the 20-week appointment without Jordan because it was our fifth kid. And I was like, you don't... We already knew the gender. Yep. Yeah, I was like, you don't need to come. Like, it's just, it's just going to be an in-and-out appointment. I didn't expect anything to go wrong. And then... It did all go wrong. And I wish he, I, I don't know that I wish you would have been there like at the moment, but, um, they couldn't find a heartbeat. So I called Jordan just freaking out before they took me back. And then, or did I call you after they figured it out? I can't remember what exactly happened. What do you remember from that day? I feel like, I, I feel like that's when the, wasn't there a weak heartbeat or was there no, no heartbeat? There was no heartbeat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I, what, I, I can't remember exactly what the first call was, but whatever I went, I came over obviously. Yeah. So Jordan came to the doctor's office, um, and we went over the options, which once you're a certain gestation, you can't have like a DNC, you actually have to deliver the baby, which in itself is a very stressful, not fun circumstance yeah i mean so you just came that day what did you feel i mean because i kind of hit you out of the blue with it i mean again i for for me personally still like i think for guys it's just totally different like it's just like i don't want to say you have no connection to the child but you effectively do like you effectively don't have any real connection to the child not Um, like a mom yeah not not at all like a mom so it's just like again for me it's just like it didn't, I mean, it didn't really matter. Like, it was what it was, and, and you know, you had to move on. Yeah, so, we lost Henry 20 weeks. Um, the hardest part about that was having to actually go to the hospital. Yeah, the delivery was a disaster. The delivery was horrible. Just the whole, like, the whole process of finding out we lost the baby, and then rallying to figure out who's going to watch our four kids. And then telling our four kids that we lost the baby. And then also telling our family that we lost the baby. And then having to be away from your kids when all you want to do is be home and deliver a baby that you're not going to bring home. So it was just like a nightmare, honestly. Yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, it was just generally a bad, bad scenario. The one thing we did do differently with that was um, Henry was obviously big enough to be delivered and stuff. So, like, we held him and yeah. we held his body, I should say. And... At first, they were going to do a a cremation and then just have him buried in like a general plot that they have for um, for babies who die and unborn. 
Um, and I was like, I was like, okay. I like, I didn't know like what the normal thing to do is like, yeah, that, I mean, okay, cool. That sounds, that sounds fine. Like, I mean, dignified burial, totally cool. But then we changed our minds, uh, like, like that night I was just like, it just didn't sit right with me. And I'm just like, no, I can't like, I don't know. That just feels like it felt too easy, too much like a cop out kind of. And I'm like, like to just forget about it. Yeah, exactly. It would have been too easy to just forget about him. So yeah. then we changed our plans and contacted a funeral home and stuff. I don't know. I mean, like, I remember crying once or twice. At the same time, I kind of feel like... I don't know. Like, I I can honestly say, like, I wasn't terribly heartbroken by it. But at the same time, I don't know if, like, I felt like I had to be. Like, I was a bad person for not being, like, heartbroken about it. But, um... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just... Like, I didn't know Henry. Like, I think I was a much just much more sad for how it was impacting you. As opposed to how, like, Henry's loss impacted me. So... But anyways, yeah, so we, he was, he ended up getting, uh, cremated and then, um, he, we, uh, buried him stealthily because I'm sure we broke all sorts of oh, yeah, laws and rules. Oh yeah, for sure. We broke but all the rules. We buried him, uh, he, he's, so he's buried with my grandparents and my grandma passed away, not this past May, but the May before, but my grandpa had passed away. He's passed away now for 20 years. So they, they had their plots and everything set up, um, so we dug for the hole. past 20 years. <laughs> So I just dug a little hole and put put his little urn in there, and um, actually worked out well. So they gave a they gave us a an urn. So like I picked out this urn, I kind of liked. It. I'm like, okay, that looks kind of nice, and um, it was a tiny one. And they're like, oh, that only comes in the small size. And they're like, that's more for like people like when they distribute like they or they like divide ashes and like you take an urn and you take an urn and you take an urn, which. By the way, Catholics is, is, is a no-no. So he, his whole body went into this urn, and um, but it was just like a mini one. Like uh, it was smaller than so it was small. probably like the size of my fist, balled up. So it really wasn't a big deal. So we just dug a quick hole, put him in there, and so we know where Henry's at. So whenever we go back to town, we can see Henry and know where he's where he's buried at and stuff like that. And um, we should probably get around to putting some sort of stone there as well. Yeah, uh, that one I had a stone made for my mom's. Um... Um, resting place. What do you call it? Burial spot. Yeah. So we could do something similar to that. Yeah. But so, but yeah, my my grandma was super cool about it though. Yeah. Like we didn't <laughs> ask her permission. I was just like I was like I'm doing it. I don't care. And because uh, like it's like we're I'm like I didn't want to bury him in a field or in a field or in our yard or like in our yard yeah. like that's just not appropriate. And I was like I was like I don't know where we're gonna bury him where he's gonna have any degree of permanence. And yeah. so that worked out well. But I did it without asking my grandma and. And then she, I don't know how she found out. I don't know if you told her or something like that. I don't know. But she was just like, oh, I think grandpa would be super happy to have him there with him. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good, Grams. Appreciate it. So. Yeah. So that loss was. That was certainly, for me, that was like the most big and impactful. Just because the whole thing, the whole delivery and the to-do and all that stuff. Yeah. The del- it it the, was just a much higher. The delivery was just like, it was, we were on the same floor where we had Sam mm-hmm. just a year before or a couple of years before. And it just, the whole thing was just like, they, they were so sweet and they were so great, Yeah. but the whole thing was just awkward. Like we were the people on the floor with a dead baby Yeah. and other people were having babies. There's just, yeah, there's just a, a whole was, fundamental darkness to, didn't, the, to Wasn't the there something on our door too? Like to signify that we were those people. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm like almost positive. But I mean, yeah, the whole process was it's just there's a darkness to it, you know. Yeah, it was awful and it ended up I swear now that I've had we'll tell you about the next miscarriage, but I had a reaction and I know it's the side attack 
which is a drug they give you to induce labor. My body wasn't ready to go into labor, obviously, at 20 weeks. But they gave a drug, and it just wasn't working. And I was like, it was like 2 a.m., yeah, it was, yeah, oh, it was, it was I kept thinking I was in labor, in labor, in labor, and I'd go to push, and all that would come out was blood clots. Yeah, it was a mess. Uh, like, and then they tried to move me, I almost passed out, like, it ended up just being a complete nightmare. I had to stay longer to you have- were there for like three days. Yeah, I had to have blood transfusions, and just, it was already a crappy situation, and then I came out, like, without a baby, and with zero- <laughs> iron in my blood or whatever yeah it was it was it was hard and picking up the pieces from that was hard because it's a situation that you don't think you'll survive I remember before it happened I told my friend Jackie I don't know if you remember it because I wasn't growing as fast as I thought I should I remember you yeah I knew something was up we knew something was wrong but I bought a at-home Doppler because I was like, I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm not going to be that person who overreacts. Like, I'm sure everything's fine. And so I bought an at-home Doppler a few weeks before. And I found a heartbeat, but it was my heartbeat. And that gave me, like, a false sense of security. So I'm not a fan of at-home Dopplers, honestly. Because we, you know, it got my hopes up that everything was fine. And then it turned out not being fine. But anyways, while I was going through that stress a couple weeks before, I told one of my best friends, I'm like... I don't think I could survive if something was wrong or if the baby died. And then I was faced with, well, yeah, right. you literally, you can't do anything. And that was the hardest part. Like, I remember the night that we found out he died. I was like, I just want to run away. And you can't, I couldn't leave the situation. I just wanted to go somewhere, but you can't, you have to just go through it. And it's awkward and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But we had such great support the whole time, honestly. Yeah. We had such great support the whole time. So that was that one was actually um, hard on the kids. Luke, especially, he took it pretty hard. I don't remember that. You don't remember it? He cried at school. Um, he's probably our sweetest kid in that sense, like cares for babies, loves. loves. Everything he does, he does intensely. Yeah. And so he, he gets extremely, he gets intensely mad. He, but he also can be intensely sweet as well. Yeah, and I, he, like, that was his baby. And so when we lost the baby, I think it really did affect him. And so then my next pregnancies, he was like, is this baby going to die? He even said it with Lucy. I'm like, <laughs> like, he would just straight up ask me, Mom, is this baby going to die? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't, I don't think so. But I, I, now I don't know, you know. You just, you never know with pregnancies. So... Henry was a rough one, um, and you just gave me the space to kind of grieve, and I don't even remember it. Do you remember the aftermath? Not really. I mean, I guess I think there's just kind of a general darkness, and then yeah, life goes on. I and mean, especially with with Henry, you know, by that point in time we had four kids, so it's like you don't really, you can't really afford yeah, just to, you can't just sit around and wait. Like, okay, life goes on. Yeah, I we really just had to get back up and keep going. Um, And yeah, it was just, it was a dark time, but good came from it. We got pregnant with Teddy probably two years after. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact. And then obviously his pregnancy was highly stressful because I had such a late pregnancy loss. So I had to go through, um, what the testing, 
I had to go to a high risk doctor and do some testing. And then we found out everything was fine. Um, and so that was a, his pregnancy was really extremely mental for me having to go to those appointments and having to see what week I'm at and just trying not to let my fear and the pain of the previous pregnancy get to me. So it was a whole experience for me. Was it anything like for you I just or not really? I just go positive. I'm just like, I just, I just know in the back of my head it can go wrong. And if it does, so be it. Like there's just, there's simply put nothing I can do to control the situation. And, and women, there is like 0.1% of things that you can do. And that is pretty much like, don't do a whole bunch of jumping jacks. Don't jump on a trampoline and don't eat God awfully terrible. And as long as you don't do those things, 99.9% of it is out of your control. So don't beat yourself up. Don't get worked out. Yeah, it's so hard not to think you did something wrong when it happens. Just don't don't go run an Iron Man or something. I mean, but they do say if you do that before pregnancy, you can do it during pregnancy. So who knows? But yeah, the next pregnancy, that one was super hard because I was just comparing it to Henry. But it was fine. Yeah, and there it goes to show Like that was, his was just like so redeeming for me to just go. I remember going to the 20 week appointment. I had the same doctor that delivered Henry and I hadn't seen her since we delivered Henry. I hadn't seen Erica Uh, and she was the doctor, um, the midwife on call that for my appointment. And so her and I just cried and cried and cried because it was such a, like a, just a huge moment to get through that and not have to. She didn't have to tell me that there was no heartbeat and we didn't have to deliver a baby too soon. And it was beautiful. I mean, Teddy's pregnancy was really just very redeeming for me. I needed it. If we would have stopped having babies, I would have, my heart would have just been a little closed off. I think, I think I needed to go through that pregnancy and have a healthy pregnancy. And then after Teddy, I felt like on top of the world. Like I got this pregnancy thing down again. (laughs) Like it won't happen. Um, we got pregnant in 2020. Is that correct? 2020, all the years meshed together. So we, um, got pregnant and it, we lost that baby around 10 weeks. Yeah. So that was another one that was, that was, I don't want to say minor, but like, listen, I mean, in the world, I think it, in the world of, in the world of miscarriages, like if it's going to happen for the love of God, let it happen. Yeah. And I, I always prayed that like, I don't want it to happen, but if it is, please, please do not make me do it again at 20 weeks. Like that was rough. And I think I also felt, Oh, I remember it. We were down here in Chattanooga on vacation and, um, I was nine, nine ish weeks. So I had just seen my doctor at eight weeks. We saw the heartbeat. Everything looked good. We found out it was a boy that weekend. We came to Chattanooga and Jordan and I had sex and I started like just bleeding. And I was like, Whoa, this is not, this isn't normal. Like, what am I supposed to think about this? And, and I, I think we'd gone hiking too. And stuff we had like went that. hiking. We'd yeah, been so, active. It'd been an active vacation. So it was like, okay. Like, I was like, ah. Eh. And so I called my doctor and she's like, you know, you can go to the ER, but it was 2020. So I'm like, I don't want to sit in the ER, like with a mask on and in a city, I don't know anyone just didn't want to do it. And she's like, just watch it. If it, if it picks up, like 
go in or we'll do an appointment when you get home. So the next day we went at the climbing gym. I remember I just kept going into the bathroom to check if I was bleeding more and more and more. And it was actually starting to taper off. So I figured it was just a fluke. We overdid it. And so we went home back to Ohio and, um, I didn't go to the doctor because everything seemed fine. And a lot of people I asked on Instagram said I had bleeding during my first trimester. It was fine. Da, da, da. Anyways, come to find out at 10 weeks, there's no heartbeat. So that one was just another kick in the pants. And does it hurt ladies to get kicked in the pants? Yeah. Oh, okay. It would actually get hurt, hurt to get kicked in the vagina. I mean, it hurts, it hurts like, really bad for guys. So I mean, just... I don't think getting kicked in the vagina hurts as bad. Yeah, but... I would guess not. But I'm, you know what I'm going to say hurts worse is having a baby. Well, yeah, sure. Having a baby. Oh, I have a question about that in a second, okay. about vaginas and babies. Um, so we lost that baby, and that was another train wreck. And thank you, COVID, for... I yeah. could, This was... I was so pissed. So... Yeah, if you ever wonder why people get mad about COVID, here's one very yeah, good reason. Yeah, here's a good one. Um, so I went to the doctor... They said, okay, here's the course of action. Since I was pretty early on, I could have a DMC, which is where they go in and like scrape stuff. Out. Yeah. Get the baby out and it's, you go to sleep. You don't have to be awake for it. Or, um, and the, I wanted to do a DNC, but she said, because of COVID, you have to go take a test and we won't be able to get you in till the next week. And I was like, okay, so you're going to send me home knowing that I have my dead baby inside of me and I'm just supposed to wait, just wait. Like that sounds so great. So I was like, okay, let's, did I say let's do that? I, I plan to do it. And then I called her later because she's like, you can also take a pill that will help you start, start at home and you can miscarry at home in the privacy of your own home. And so I called her and I was like, Hey, I think I actually want to do that. Like, I don't think I can wait through this weekend knowing I'm going to lose this baby and just like walking around waiting for it to happen. Like it just, so I took the medicine, which is also Cytotec, which I took, um, with Henry's delivery and I started bleeding and I thought everything had passed. I remember I was like, I think, I think the baby is gone. I bled a lot, but then what was it? It was like two days later, two days later, I wake up. Was I in pain? I don't even remember. I don't, I mean, I don't think you were in that much pain. I mean, maybe you were, I don't know. I can't remember. I scream at Jordan. I'm on the toilet. Like blood is gushing out of me. I already thought we had the baby by that point. So the fact that blood was gushing out of me freaked me out. And I screamed for you. Mm -hmm. And then did I pass out? Yes. Passed out cold on the toilet, right? It was pretty hilarious actually. I'm sure it was. Well, she, well, you were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh I'm going to pass out. I think I'm going to pass out. I'm like, just settle down. So and all of a sudden, she just, Allie, when she passes out, snores. No. All people. This is, so apparently this is true, is that when you get, like, when you get knocked out cold to boxing or fighting, you just start snoring. It's like an instant thing. So what did I sound like? You All of a sudden, she's just like, oh my gosh, Jordan, I'm going to just settle down, calm down. And she's just like. <laughs> <laughs> so she's sitting on the toilet snoring and I'm holding her up. And then I'm this like, is... oh, okay. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll call 911 now. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, call 911, call 911. And, and I, was, I was like, calm down. Because I have anxiety. I was so like, it settle made... down. Well, exactly. You, you, you just got yourself I totally get worked out. out. Yeah. And 
And so you only like out for like 15 seconds or something. Okay. But so then I was, I was like, just chill. Like I'll drive you to the hospital. We'll get you there faster and call easier. The, I was like, call the ambulance. And, and I was like, we don't need to like call a five alarm fire, but. But we did. I was right. And so I passed out and um, the ambulance came. Thankfully the kids were all sleeping through this. Yeah. Like they had no idea. And she, and you were able to, um, you walked yourself out yeah. the front door and stuff and they brought like, they brought the gurney to the steps and she just like sat and laid down yeah. on it. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you there. <laughs> um, and then we called your friend Molly. Yeah. My friends, my friends rallied for me this one. Um, but when I got to the hospital, we hadn't delivered the baby. So it, it was still like my body was still trying to figure out what to do. So and just I'm, let the record show, she would have gotten a DNC the same day if there weren't for stupid COVID protocols. Yeah, I would have, well, no, yeah, I would have gotten a DNC and not have to go through that would all, all of been, this. It would have been all done in time. So then, we're in the um, ER, I'm in the ER, and I'm just gushing blood. I'm turning white, like the doctor, or the nurse is like, um, she's not okay. And the OB comes in, and she's not listening to me. I'm like, look, I'm, th- this is not normal. And she's like, it's fine. This is how you miscarry. And I'm like, something is not right here. And she like wouldn't listen to me. So then I get into the bathroom and I do pass the baby at this time. Just a huge, huge, I didn't look. I was just so out of it, like turning white, borderline, I'm losing so much blood. I wasn't there yet. You weren't there. I don't. And so then they, she carries, the lady brings me back to the bed and um, I'm like, look, I still don't feel right. Something is wrong. And they had to shocker do a emergency dnc to clear i don't know what else out and i had another blood transfusion so that was that was real fun yeah so the only bright side was it's so funny like you know so previously with henry like they're like oh no like we're gonna keep her here another day when she was getting blood transfusions (laughs) they were like like, get out (laughs) they're like we're gonna keep her here like we really she needs to stay for 24 hours after every blood transfusion so like every time she would get a new blood transfusion after henry like restart this 24-hour clock and i i was just like this is insane but whatever um i'm like okay whatever and so she was there for like three days or some crazy after henry yeah and um and i was just like oh geez like this is crazy um but like in COVID times, they were like, like she was out that night. Oh, I got the blood transfusion, and they were like, um, "You can go." I picked I'm you like, up like it's like at like ten o'clock at I night. I was so. I rolled up, and I'm like, "Let's go, darling." <laughs> I mean, I was so out of it. It um, was good though. It was good to get you out of there because there was, it was it was just a total waste. Like it was it was just it was just, COVID stupidity. Just yeah, it just felt so the max. so uh, like, like you, you you as a patient were like. They didn't undesirable. Care. Yeah. You were like undesirable. They didn't them. like me. They didn't like listen to me. They just wanted me out of their hair. Exactly. They're just like, oh, like, how, how dare you come in here when we're COVIDing? I don't it's even like, think anybody was like nice about losing a baby or anybody said sorry. Yeah. It was just like, it, it was, was literally, it was like, just get your disease, your disease yeah. riddled part. And like, and like, we didn't have COVID at the time, just for the record. Like, yeah. we didn't get COVID until February. They just didn't want anybody there. They just like, yeah, that's like, they just didn't want you in the hospital. It's just yeah. like, for God's sake, like, yeah. I do remember, though, down. I had this boy nurse, mm-hmm. and his name was Emmanuel. Wait, what was it? It was Emmanuel, right? And I was like... Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of the guy with Lucy. Sorry. No, He was but, cool, too. Oh, yeah. But I had this guy nurse during this, and he was the only redeeming factor about this whole scenario. He, when I was turning, like, white and cold, he brought me this warm blanket. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Anyways, his name was Emmanuel. And I I went into the surgery thinking, like, oh, that's such a, like, I never hear that name. You know what it means, right? Yeah. It means God, right? It means God's with us. God's with us. And so when I woke up from the DNC, um, which I'm a train wreck going under, like, I freak out a lot. Yeah, she was freaking out pretty good. Oh, my goodness. I was was like, like. And, of course, like, again, we're in, like, 
we're, it was with July, right? I'm pretty sure it was July. July. August, July, August. It was July. It was, it was yeah. August. It was July. So like everyone is treating me like I'm. Yeah, I'm like just... the I'm the like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So it's like, what are you doing here? You can't be. And I remember like, yeah, God forbid my husband be with me when we lose our like, baby. You had nothing. And I remember even yeah. like I was talking to the doctor. So we were talking post-op. So I, I hung out in the waiting room and talking post-op. She's like, okay, we went there. Everything went fine and all this. And I was like, and you had nothing. You didn't have a purse or no, anything. No, I had nothing. I, they just drug and, me in there. And I had your phone. And I was like, can you, can give you her. give her this think, phone? Yeah. And she was like, I, uh, I, I guess. And I'm like, what, like, so what the hell is this? Like, this yeah. is so stupid. But they were cool about me coming back the second time. Yeah. They and, let me come up into the... The room and seeing the recovery area, and I brought you a yeah. They were totally cool up there. Like after that, they were cool, but like yeah, the process. But Emmanuel gave me the blanket, and so when I came out of the OR, he was there again and gave me another warm blanket, and I was like, I wonder what Emmanuel means. So Jordan had got me my phone, and I looked it up, and it was God is God is with you. Yeah, you guys with yeah, and I was like, no way. So for me, that was like God's got this handled, and. Yeah. So after that loss, I was, I don't, I keep saying we're done. We're done having babies. We're done having babies. Um, and we were, I mean, and then we got pregnant. We had exactly zero planned pregnancies. So yeah, we have had zero planned pregnancies. So then we got pregnant with Lucy, um, which was crazy and it was just a whirlwind. Um, I remember though with Lucy, we found out the gender right away. That was something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I think we found out early, which I, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't find out so early because having a loss and knowing the gender, it just kind of stings a lot, especially with Henry, like being so far along, knowing the gender, having a name, you know, just already calling the baby that in your belly. I don't know if it made it harder or if it made it better, because I do think it made it better in the sense that we can talk about Henry now. Yep. But the other two, the boys know we have two other babies, but they don't have names. So yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird for them, I guess. I think, you know, some people do. I know there's some yeah. people who name all of their unborn children that they lost. And yeah, I think, you I, mean, I, I think you do what's right for you. Yeah. I, I don't, there's no right or wrong. I haven't worked up about it too much. I mean, people, it's like some people have all sorts of, there's all sorts of theological debates and stuff. And some people, there used to be a concept. Well, it was never like formally approved, but the, there was a concept of limbo where, you know, because the church teaches baptism is necessary for salvation. So if you die unbaptized, you know, can you go to heaven? The churches come around on this, um, or I shouldn't say come around cause that's not the right, right phrasing, but the church has clarified its teaching in this, in this area quite a bit. I, I, I find it pretty straightforward that yes, I mean like there's, it's, it's, it's good to go. Like there's nothing to worry about. It's just like God's merciful. God's loving. It's going to be okay. But some people get, some people get really, really worked up about it. And, um, I, I just don't, I don't think it's worth getting that worked up about like, just, just trust God. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think, I think in the realm of loss, it's really hard to trust God, especially when you're when you're in the thick of it and it's hard to see any good because I couldn't see any good during it. Like everything was going wrong. The baby was gone. Everything we were looking forward to with the baby in our life was now just ripped away from you. And it's hard to trust God, but who else do you trust? Yep. So that's kind of where I leaned into, especially after Henry was kind of like, let go, let God handle this. And 
everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to. So we went on to have Lucy, um, which was our last pregnancy, and everything went totally fine. Swimmingly. And I do want to say, though, this, that um, I, well, with Lucy, my doctor after our third loss, after, um, after that boy loss in 2020, my holistic doctor, Jenny, was like, hey, um, next time you get pregnant, why don't we check your progesterone? She's like, I think that you're having progesterone issues, which are causing you to miscarry. And I was like, okay, I don't plan to get pregnant again, but if I do, we'll check it. And, um, when we got pregnant with Lucy, we were leaving for Florida. Remember I went and did all those blood tests yeah, like twice. So once I got pregnant with, with Lucy, I called my holistic doctor and was like, Hey, I'm pregnant. Um, can you call in some, some, blood tests to test progesterone. So what they're testing is in that first trimester, your progesterone is supposed to just be like rising, rising, rising. That's what, I think that's what feeds the, um, placenta, placenta that first trimester. And then the, the placenta takes over after 12 weeks and your progesterone, I don't know if it really matters that much, but those first 12 weeks, your progesterone needs to be rising. And if it's not, that can cause miscarriage. So we checked my progesterone with Lucy and then we checked it two days later. Sure enough, mine was dropping. And so I supplemented with progesterone the first 12 weeks, which, oh my God, I hated it. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. It was awful, but I don't know. And there's no evidence. Correct. It's not, it is not like a proven course of action. It is not, but she's here, she's healthy. And you know, I would say, I would say if you are having losses also my, that same holistic doctor, you guys, um, tested me for MTHFR and I have both, um, mutations of that and a issue with MTHFR is, um, miscarriage. And so doctors don't test that until women have like three miscarriages and then they'll be like, Oh, maybe we should test that, which I think is complete bull crap. If you know that could ever play a factor, that should be one of the first tests you do for a woman who wants to get pregnant. But no, just give her some birth control. I'm sure it'll be fine. Like they push everything else and they're not checking progesterone. They're not checking that. Like so many women have miscarriages. One in four have miscarriages and there's things that they can check early on. And it just, it infuriates me because I wonder, you know, what if, And I I can't like go back and change it. But now that I know those things, I love to tell people like, Hey, check these things out, check them out, check them out. So that's kind of our loss stories. Um, I mean, how did you, do you feel, you feel nothing? see, we don't even talk about this, you guys, because it's, it's like an, I feel not that I feel more than you. I just feel different than you Well, yeah, yeah, because we're different people and as women, we have, it's our body. It's our actual body. And that baby is in our actual stomach. And we, you know, have felt the kicks and we feel the sickness and they're part of us. And so when we go through a loss, it's physical on us. Yeah. Totally different for us chaps. Yeah. And so did it affect you? Not really. I I think, I think, I mean, it's more for, it's just like, it's just, it's part of the game. I just, and I think most people understand miscarriage is just part of the pregnancy game and yeah 
it, you know, no one wants to talk about how things go bad. It's just like, yeah, nobody does talk about it. Like car accidents are part of the driving game. Like no one wants to get into a car accident, but it's part of the driving game and dying is part of the living game and miscarriage is part of the pregnancy game. And you're just um, a more logical person though. And I think, I do think a lot of men are like that. Yeah. Like you guys see things very black and white. So yeah, I guess as women, we're just like the second you find out you're pregnant, you have everything, you know, you're excited. You know what this relationship's going to look like. You know what I mean? Like we're planning, we're planning ahead and to have that derail totally just sucks. Crazy concept. Guys and gals are different. We are different. So I I think this will actually be a helpful podcast because a lot of women get upset with their husbands about not being as upset as they are. Yeah. That's a silly thing to do. I know, but it, it, but, but as a woman, it's like, why are you not as sad as me? And I, I don't know that I ever felt that. I just didn't approach it because I knew like you cope. Do you even cope? I don't even, we're just different. Yeah. I talk about my feelings. Jordan doesn't talk about his feelings. So I didn't really press it. And so obviously right now I'm asking the questions for the first time. So if that helps you kind of maybe not pressure your husband, just kind of let them do their own thing and at their own time and really focus on you. How do you feel about it? Are you coping well with it? Like it's a really personal thing for a woman. And I think men also have to do what they can do to get through it as well. Yeah. And I think just for dudes, it's just like, it doesn't mean you're bad. I mean, it certainly doesn't mean like you're weak if you don't, if you, if you get worked up and emotional about it, it's just people are different. People process things different. But I think in general, yeah, yeah. guys are going to just be more like, Oh, okay. Like it's just all, it's, it's all hypothetical to us. Like the idea of pregnancy is hypothetical to us. Like we just don't, it just, it just does not take and on a reality. You know, Jordan us. never really like, I'd be like, Hey, you want to touch the baby? Yeah, like touch the baby kicking. Feeling he, the baby kick. Yeah, that's not. It my did thing. nothing for him. I'm like, how? Are, how do you not find this so cool? I mean, like to me, it's like, well, of course. Like again, it's just like, well, of course they're kicking. They're like stuck inside your stomach. <laughs> like what the hell else are they gonna do with their time? <sighs> they're in there 24 hours a day. I'd be kicking a little bit too. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, he. A lot of men. I mean, I don't know what your husband's like. Yeah, your husband could be completely distraught and not like me. So it's really just important to talk about it if you want to talk about it. But I did talk about it, and you listen to me talk. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we, I mean, we went through it together, but we went through it differently. The world's longest podcast. Here. I know Look this is thing. very 42 long. 42 minutes. All right. All right. I got to pee. You got to pee. Anything yeah. else you want to say? Nope. Um, no, remember. Okay. So I did decide after listening to our last podcast, I wasn't thrilled. Um, I think we need to wrap it up with some takeaways for tips for pregnancy loss. Tips for pregnancy loss. Tips for pregnancy loss. Talk about it. Understand everyone's going to be different. Yeah, that's huge. Um, if you need outside support, there's so much outside support for women um, going through miscarriages. Reach out to your friends. But really talking about it is so just getting it off your chest. You are not alone. And don't be all. don't be afraid to talk about it because it is one of those things that's so stupidly stigmatized. Yeah. So don't be afraid to talk about it and just keep building up that education. Like, it's not something to be ashamed about or anything. Yeah, and also, like I said, look into... Um, you know, genetic mutations, MTHFR, what about your progesterone? So the next time you might be able to not go, not have to go through the pain, right? Yep. Like, I think that's huge. Anything else? Um, how can you be supportive as a spouse? Um, I mean, I think just be there and available, right? Uh, but also give space. Yeah, exactly. I think space is really 
Be available, not smothering. And if you are not going through a loss and you listen to this whole thing, um, or, you know, haven't went through a loss and you know somebody who's going through a loss, um, one of the biggest things, what did you think was the best thing that people did for us? I'm going to say this one. One of my friends, um, after we lost Henry, her name's Sarah. She had went through infertility and losses. She sent me flowers six weeks after Henry died and she did it specifically because she knew that everybody was going to flood us those first two weeks. And she wanted to remind me that I was still like that Henry still mattered and she was thinking about me. And I thought that was really clever. And so I use that now, um, when there's a funeral or anything like that, I like to send something like six weeks after just to remind that person like, Hey, we're still thinking about you. We still love you. We're always there. What was your, what was a good thing somebody did for you? Did you talk to your friends about it? Or did anybody say anything to you? Not really. Gosh, guys are so weird. Mm-hmm. You guys just... Nothing? Just handled it. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just... it's For guys, I'm just saying, like... I keep using it. It's just so hypothetical. Like, of course, I know you're pregnant. And I see you getting fatter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but, like... Yeah, it's just so hypothetical. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, I know there's a baby in there, but, like... Okay. Yeah. Hypothetical baby. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you don't have to go through it. But if you do, it's okay. Yeah. If you do, we're there. Talk about it. Yep. Just talk about it. Be open about it. Don't be afraid about it. Don't be ashamed about it. You didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> Look, it's yelling at us. The maximum recording time is 60 minutes. <laughs> Thanks for the heads Okay. Up. We're at 45. It's just telling me to shut up. Yeah. All right. So thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, share it if something was helpful from it. Um, share topics with us that you guys want us to talk about, but that's it for today. That is it. Have a grand day week and all that stuff. All right. Bye guys. Bye-bye.